This is the Daily Wrestling News for January 13th, 2021. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am coming to you live from Minutes to Beltheim Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by a debuting superstar on the Daily Wrestling News show, Jeff Johnson. Morning, sir. How are you? Uh, we're alive and kicking this early in the morning, which is rare for me. I should say international superstar, right? Because you were the first international uh, uh, guest on the show. Well, I'm not sure how international Canadians are to some Americans, but we'll go with it. <laughs> uh, so my, one of my other co-hosts, Travis, lives in Rochester, New York. So he's probably closer to you than <laughs> even though you're crossing a border than I would be to him down here in Florida. So. Oh, 100%. We're only like a couple, an hour, hour and a half away from each other. Right, right. So we have a fully uh, a full show today. We've got the Ridiculously Random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question the day we have impact from last night we have hard to kill coming up this weekend which we'll preview uh we have nxt lineup uh we covered dynamite on yesterday's show we have news we have trivia and we better get the show on the road are you ready sir yes sir okay okay the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day is brought to you by pro wrestling pick'em it's a place where you can join or host a pick'em league to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling create an account and join the league now at prowrestlingpick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe and jeff today's question is you being a big figure guy with your own stop motion video series called wrestling purgatory is there a favorite non-wrestling action figure in your collection I, there is and i'm a little bit biased on it because in wrestling purgatory there is a character called jeff johnson and he's known as the punisher jeff johnson so one of my favorite uh, comic book characters is the punisher both the marvel series as well as just the comic books itself and yeah my punisher figure that i've got is one of the marvel legends punisher and i use him as my jeff johnson figure in the wrestling purgatory so i i have to say he's my favorite non-wrestling one i don't have a lot of non-wrestling ones so i have like two punisher figures as it is and then i have a star trek figure that i use uh, that i was using as my referee but now in episode two which should be coming out soon it's actually going to be the rob gronkowski figure that i'm using because that face <laughs> is just priceless that <laughs> which uh, star trek character was it that you had as the referee uh malcolm from star trek enterprise he was the okay. uh, chief of security uh, on enterprise and so i found him at a for like two dollars at a flea market and picked him up and was using him with one of those ringside collectibles uh and i do not have a discount discount code yet otherwise i'd uh use that but uh <laughs> i have you can get a little uh referee shirt so i use that now it fits perfectly on gronk but i was using malcolm and i retired him because he's it was because it was a flea market figure trying to move him it's just like when you do one little move his hand like this it ends up going like that when you're doing stop motion you need those little small little pieces so a brand new figure like my gronk figure that i just picked up uh that one's going to be much better and it looks a lot better with the uh, feel of the show i had a lot myself i had a lot of ninja, ninja turtles when i was a kid and um now now i don't know that i have that much that's not wrestling uh but i do have the the wrestler slash ninja turtle crossover figures from a few years back i think uh 
Macho Man Randy Savage's uh, Donatello or something like that. I don't. I'm not sure what the wasn't like Elizabeth was April or something like that. <laughs> I don't have that one. I have no. the turtle. I don't have that one. <laughs> See, I I don't know much about the turtle ones. Like when I was a kid, I would have the figures like anyone else, but not a collection wise so i had like a gi joe and i had sure. all these little random ones and explained why my small gi joe was fitting my big lgn style size for wrestler and like hitting them <laughs> like that but yeah I, I never kept any of those but i still remember playing with all of them as a kid doing all my wrestling storylines in my head and having people jump off my tv and those weird matches we would have yeah, and uh, at the time that was probably a high spot. Nowadays, it's just a young bucks match. Yeah, so. <laughs> a young bucks match on dark. What do we get? <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's segue into some wrestling. We had Impact last night. Um, a bunch of matches on there. It's the go home show for Hard to Kill. We'll kind of cruise through Impact and then spend some time on each of the Hard to Kill matches. But uh, opening contest, Kimberly gets a win over Taya Valkyrie. Why? Like I, I said in my sound off that I'm not really big happy about this. I'm like I'm not happy about this match. It's it makes no sense. Like I understand that to some people, like oh she's the heel. She convinced them to put her in a match. I kind of get that, but no one said that, right? There's been no evidence that Diana actually has sway with Scott Demore. It just looks like she annoys him to non like not as much as Rohit annoys annoys him, but the fact that. She was in a match, but not Diana. Like you right. have a title match in six, not even five days, and you're put into a match that's going to make you worse. I get why that's an advantage to Diana, but it makes no sense to Taya. Then, as you pointed out, she lost. She lost to Kimber. I'm like, there's no way she's losing, but she actually ends up losing. Why should she get a title match now? Last night on the Essential Wrestling podcast, we picked all the matches for Impact's television show that were advertised, and we picked all the hardcore matches, but. None of us picked Taya to lose this match. Everybody picked Taya to win on the go-home show where she's getting a title match. Um, but we do kind of have in the back of our mind that Taya, as far as we know, has not formally signed a new contract with Impact. So, you know, maybe she's putting some people over on the way out the door. So. My theory actually is that now with what we're going to go in later on, that happened with Rosemary later in the show, it really looks like they're setting up that she is not signing with them again. And I have a real strong feeling that's why they've stretched out the who set up larry d because i have a, a feeling they're going to reveal taya was the one that was behind it all because it would make sense why she's pissed off at bravo and it would be a way to write her out yes like, she's in jail right yeah oh, well there you go she's gone right so i figure it would be a great way to do it it would wrap it up make everything make sense and it gives an actual conclusion to her going and like we said they're already setting up Rosemary for life without her, I think. Right. Yeah, good Good insight. Good insight. Um, okay, further on down the show, we had Chris Bay and Rohit Raju defeated Manic and Suicide. Um, two guys under masks and suits. We know one guy is, is TJP. Suicide, most of the time when Suicide's out there, I also think it's TJP, but... Definitely wasn't this time. No, <laughs> we can tell Manic was definitely TJP, but there was a thing I had mentioned to you last night uh, between the two of us that I said that I the reason why I'm pretty sure it was Crazy Steve. One, Crazy Steve didn't actually wrestle on the show uh, last night, so I'm assuming he was the least, the most fresh between him and Caleb. But there was a couple points where Suicide kind of walked in a way Steve walks. Sure. And like so, I like it's not for sure they because a lot of times, like the last time Steve was, they clearly said 
and they were playing up the fact that they it was Steve underneath that mask because mm-hmm. they revealed it. This time they weren't hinting there was just suicide, but I'm pretty sure that was who it was under. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a preview for our match coming up on uh, Hard to Kill. Um, Diener dropped the Cody. Diener defeated Tommy Dreamer in three minutes and thirty-two seconds. Um, we'll just save that for the Hard to Kill discussion. Rosemary defeats Tennille Dashwood with Crazy Steve aligning himself with Rosemary. Uh, it makes a it's a pair that makes a lot of sense. Although I'm not sure, maybe Crazy Steve missed the whole wedding segment and stuff. I, I don't know that I would be buddying up to Rosemary if I were him. Well, the thing is, like they have the history. Everyone knows about them from Decay. Uh, so they he knows who Rosemary is. He knows what she's like. And he even said that if you watch back in uh, Russell House, it's like I know what you're doing. Like, I get it. Like he even <laughs> said to her, it's like, come on, what are you like? So. I, he knows what Rosemary is capable of, and he will—he's not a romantic interest with her, right? But to be fair, he's blind, so he gets an uh, excuse either way. <laughs> never saw it coming. I'm blind. Yeah, he never saw it coming. Uh, Moose got a win over Matthew Palmer. Got his win back there, four minutes and twenty-eight seconds. Uh, he doesn't actually have a hard-to-kill match, um, but you know he's waiting in line for his Impact World Championship match. Which give me one second to go over again. Wh- wh- how great that ending was at Genesis! Like that was one of the most well booked s- endings to any match I've seen in quite a long time. Like it, I can't talk enough about how great that ending was. With just he didn't care. Like right, he had nothing to lose. He comes out and he gets what he wants. Like good, I quit, going home. Right, like it's it's nice that you bring that up too because we've had. Um, we talked about Genesis on Monday yeah. and um, John DeConi was on the show and him and I were both kind of poo-pooing the finish a little bit because uh, you know, it was just a non, it was a non-finish really uh, after a really good match. But, but your point is, your point is, is dead on. It does a great job of setting up the, uh, the world title match. It gives Willie Mack an out. Willie Mack gets a W. Moose doesn't have to pin him or submit him. Neither person has to say, I quit, so it doesn't destroy characters. Um, and so actually, it over Moose's character more than anything, right? Like Because it literally shows that he cares about one thing and one thing only, that belt. Belt wasn't on the line. Right. So what does he care? Like It's not a win-loss that matters to him. He just got his title match, so his win-losses doesn't matter. Right. Right. And now, so Rich Swan, the current Impact World Champion, he defeated Carl Anderson in the main event, 15 minutes, five seconds. Uh, everything kind of led up to a big uh, Kenny Omega, Good Brothers, Machine Guns brawl in the backstage area to kind of close out the show. Uh, that is, of course, ahead of their big six-man tag match at Hard to Kill. Um, yeah, so that's how the show ended last night. It was what I have to give them credit for is how amazing impact is now at taking footage that was taped two weeks three weeks after and mixing in with footages that was done even before that like that footage of carl anderson and rich swan that match was taped almost two months ago but that we know all the motorhome footage was shot after that after kenny won the AEW title so the fact that they have gallows and kenny and don on screen in the bus in the back even though we know deep down they're not actually going to come out so they made a great 
I guess we call it retconning of why they're not going to be out there. Oh, he doesn't need us. He can do it without us. Right. And then they even show during the match, the picture in picture of them in the actual bus. And Cal's like, no, no, he's got this. He's got this as Kenny and Gallows wanted to get up and go help. And he's like, no, no, he's got this. So they're literally showing you that this is why they're not coming out at this point. And that's yeah. really well done. The Impact post-production crew is working full-time right now, for sure. They're doing, they are doing a great job of piecing everything together. Um, the advantage of taping the show is that you actually can do that, because you can't do that with a live segment, right? Yeah. You have to have all the pieces line up perfectly, and this gives them a lot of flexibility. Yeah. Um, Kiara and Tasha Steele has gotten a little physical altercation with Havoc and Nevaeh during contract signing. Another thing I like about Impact is they don't necessarily, they still do contract signings, but they don't have to do it in the ring. They do these backstage things. It's just as fun. It's quicker. It's, you know, we don't have to listen to entrances and all that stuff. Just in and out. Um, and it's done. And not to mention that also set up the Josh Alexander and Brian Myers segment immediately yeah. part of it, right? So they just walk in, which is natural because if you have a contract signing in the ring, you're not going to have Brian Myers just walk out after it's over and be like, hey, Scott, I got something to mention to you, right? Yeah. Don't know when that Myers and Alexander match is going to take place at this point. We just know that it's going to happen. It's going to be no disqualification, yada, yada. I wouldn't be surprised if it gets added to Hard to Kill, but that was not announced. I, I don't think there's enough build for it. Like even the crazy Steven Tennille, uh, like the that Rosemary match, that's going to make more sense to be on the show, which it got added. I don't think this one makes sense yet. I think it's good that it's promoting for next week for Impact, I think. So it gives them that one match to help promote for. And it makes sense because it's literally been one week of issues that they've had to deal with. Right, right. Um, and then finally, the last last note from Impact last night, I would say uh, Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone had another uh, AEW paid spot on the show. And those are gold. Those are gold. And uh, Schiavone surprised Tony Khan with his knowledge about Brian Cage and the World Championship. The reaction on TK's face when he's just like, he sold it so well. And he's like, yeah, I didn't know. And like Tony says, yeah, I know that. And, Tony, and TK's just like, I'm generally surprised that you actually knew that. And I'm like, I'm like, you guys are so gold. Like how they're set. They're putting down impact while putting over impact at the exact same time is just great. Like they're like, oh, you know that guy you liked? Well, he's on our show. That's basically what that whole part was with Frank Gage. Well, and then they're also like, don't forget Brian Cage, the former Impact World Champion, but he's fighting for our secondary belt tomorrow night, the biggest match of his career. <laughs> yeah. It's like so. But to be fair, like it, it's not like we think that the Impact title is right now more valuable than a TNT title, right? Like cool. it's one's seen a lot more. But I'm not trying to put down Impact, but I'm just being honest. Like yeah. the TNT title is right now got a higher prestige than the Impact World title. Yep, that's absolutely true. Absolutely true. Okay, so we've we've danced around talking about hard to kill in earnest. So uh, let's get into that, and we'll go match by match. Uh, I'm going to put you in the hot seat and ask you to tell me who you think is going to win each of these matches. No problem. I'm <laughs> sure I can do that. <laughs> I've done that uh, extensively on other shows, so I'm not going to not going to do that myself. But I'm going to put you in the hot seat, seat, and I'll tell you if I agree or not. But uh, the one match I haven't. Uh, made a prediction on because it hasn't been uh, wasn't announced until last night is Crazy Steve and Rosemary versus Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. What do you think? I think Tennille and Caleb have to get the win here. They've been kind of been on the losing end for the most part. 
obviously not last night, but with uh, a lot of cheating involved. But I think Tennille needs the win here more than Rosemary or Crazy Steve does because it's this is more just putting them back together, right? And they haven't been together in a little while. They've teased them a bit during Russell House, uh, Crazy Steve and Rosemary. So now that they're pretty much putting them back together as a team, I can see why they would get the win. But I, I, just the way Tennille and Caleb have been, I think it's got to be Tennille getting the win here. If we're setting up challengers for um, for Diana or Taya next, right? It makes more sense in either case for Tennille Dashwood to win because uh, Rosemary just got a shot in December, so you know Tennille hasn't had a shot since she's been back. So I think this is the only other singles knockouts match on the card. I think it makes sense for Tennille to go over here and. I mean, it's a mixed tag match, okay? But it makes more sense for Tennille to get the victory than anything else. The one thing I'll say, too, because it's an impact mixed match, right? So it's going to be intergender. It's And Caleb with a K last time when he was uh, in that match when Alicia was in the ring with him, he wanted the chance to fight her, right? Like, Caleb was that character where he wants to. So I could honestly see if they're going to lose that match, Caleb's taking the pin. Because Tennille's not taking the pin in that if they lose. Caleb would take the pin. He has nothing to lose about it. And him losing to Rosemary would kind of be a bit more interesting as well. So if they have it, I can see Rosemary getting the pin on Caleb. But I still I agree. Tennille's got to get the win here. Right, right. So X Division Championship on the line. Chris Bay, Manic, Rohit. Um, this is a hard match to call, I think. They can go any way. They could really go any of the way between the three of them. Uh, an argument could be made. Uh, honestly, I think for sure Manic's losing it. Uh, it's whether he gets unmasked at the same time. Because they could easily, they've already said that they played it. I'm not sure if Impact said it, but both Rohit and Bay have said it that if they unmask him, they prove it's not TJP and he can't be champion. So they could pull off some kind of booking, you know, because Impact likes their craziness, where he's revealed during the match and they have to kick him out of the match. Right. And then it would come down to Bay and Rohit pillow off what they happened before between them. But in reality, I'm pretty sure they're going to get the heat back and Bay is going to pin Rohit to get the belt. Yeah. I have Bay winning this match as well. Although when I, when I really exercise my brain about, okay, they're setting up a champion to face Ace Austin, most likely. Um, I thought, you know, maybe Manic would be a good um, good opponent for Ace Austin, but I still stick with Chris Bay. Um, Ace Austin is lurking there in the background. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets involved, too, with the Super X Cup win just recently. It does, and if they want to keep TJP as Manic, then I could see him holding on to it, but I don't see this as a permanent thing. It's just right. part of the storyline, right? So, And I don't see much with TJP and Ace Austin because they don't have that much of a history that's been built right now. I could see Bay versus Ace Austin, right? Because they yeah. could put it either way. Like Bay's kind of got the tweener feel to him right now where he's like, yeah, we kind of respect how cheaty you are. But at the same time, he's still a heel because he's cocky. Yeah. All right. What about Barbed Wire Massacre? Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. I'm not a huge fan of these matches. Like this is probably the match I'm least looking forward to just because I'm not the big on the hardcore stuff. Like, Sammy's got to get the win, right? Like Sammy is the one that's being pushed right now. Eddie's already had the world title. Sammy's obviously trying to be elevated right now with this thing with Shamrock uh, helping in both over. So Sammy's got to get the win in my opinion, especially because it's a hardcore match and it's Sammy Callahan. So I, I don't see Eddie getting the win here. 
I picked Sammy Callahan as well on this. Um, I have heard the, some of the other guys on the Essential Wrestling Podcast, they picked Eddie Edwards because they believed it was the end of the feud. So they felt like the face should get the win here. But uh, I think Sammy Callahan because he makes an opponent a rich swan. Eddie Edwards doesn't really make an opponent a rich swan. Exactly. But I don't even know that's where Sammy's going next, right? Because I don't think this is the end of the feud either. Because it's, okay. it's never going to be the end between Sammy and Eddie. It's never. Right. And because they pretty much set up Rich and Moose now, I don't see them throwing Sammy into there. I could see Sammy moving on to face someone from AEW, maybe, uh-huh. but I don't see him challenging Rich Swan after this. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I don't know. You know, who knows what's going to what's going to happen exactly. But um, it, it does feel like Rich Swan is kind of linked to Kenny Omega for a while. But. It depends on what happens in the main yeah. event. <laughs> Eric Young, Diener, Joe Doring versus Rhino, Tommy Dreamer, and Cousin Jake. There's only one way I see the faces coming out of this with the win, and that's if Heath returns. If he's this healthy and returning, then he comes out to help them win. But I see Diener getting the pin on Cousin Jake here. I honestly do. I, I think Diener's just got this new great gimmick. He's got to get the win. Yeah, agreed. The the momentum is on that side of the the equation, so I think those guys get the win. We have the Knockouts Tag Team Championship Tournament Finals. Kara Hogan, Tasha Steeles versus Havoc and Nevea. Which side of this do you land on? It, it's pretty bad that I think I've just said the heels for every single match so far, and I'm going, I'm going to do it again because Kira and Tasha are being built up so well that they've got to win, right? Like they have the most to gain from this. Havoc and Nevea don't. I can see why they would put them on them, but I just think Kira and Tasha are just too much money with the belts. Even like them being chased is much better than them chasing. That's simple, right? Like Nevea is, doesn't even talk. She just smiles weirdly for some reason. So like, I get that they are a great opponent for Tasha and Kira to beat, but I don't see them holding the belts. If they do, it won't be for long. Interesting. So I, I liked Kira and Hogan, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele's chasing because I think they're so funny. <laughs> but, but I think they'd be just as funny being chased, right? Like, oh, you can't catch us. Look at what we got this. And then they're just waving them cocky in everyone's faces, right? Like, I don't know. I, I like the heels that are cocky and trying to escape everything possible, right? Like just how they've been doing with the money. Every little 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 small ways to get away with having the money mm-hmm. to the point where now they have the belts. Now they want to just keep the belts as much as they can. Right, right. Well, we talked about uh, Ty Valkyrie and Deanna Parazzo a little bit earlier. Uh, it comes to that time where we got to talk about the the match here. I picked Diana. Surprise, surprise, another heel going with Diana as well. (laughs) It's really setting up that there's only one way you can finish with the main event at this point if all this happened. Because looking at it, like there's no way they can have Tiaya win that belt if she hasn't re-signed. If she's re-signed, 100% she's winning. That's a Maya look. Like if Tiaya has the belt, she wins. Like, sorry, she signed a new contract. She wins the belt. If she hasn't, this could be her last match. (laughs) So, yeah. Like, this is either her last match or the tapings will be her last appearance, in my opinion. Right. Um, Main event, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah, it's, this is impact wrestling. There's only one way you can do this. It's got to be Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns have to win this. Like, you can't, 
in the main event of one of your only four pay-per-views of the year have AEW world champion come in and get a victory on your guy. Like we've put over AEW for the last six weeks on impact. It's time that Rich Swan gets a win. It doesn't have to be on Kenny. Kenny does not have to take the pin, but they cannot get the win in this one. It depends on if the storyline must continue. And if it, if the storyline goes all the way to AEW Revolution or whatever, I agree with you. Kenny Omega is not getting pinned in this match. No, what I know, no. Um, probably Rich Swan also not getting pinned in this match. Um, but I don't know. I I'm I'm feeling uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers winning this match and this storyline continuing. I know it's a quarterly pay per view for Impact, and so it's a long time before they have another big show. But I I. I feel like they're going to get the win here and it's going to be more long-term. I would, I think it would, it could be long-term. I could definitely see if, especially if Omega, like you said, not involved in the pin, if Omega doesn't lose, he, it's better for him. Like Rich Swan can be like, we beat you get out of our place. Like, no, no, you beat them. You didn't right. beat me. Right. So why don't you come to my house and you beat me in my house or try. And so it would make more sense that now it would set up Kenny versus Rich at revolution right or at least rich versus someone else that can you be like no no i said come to my house i got someone else for you to beat right and then they right. can at least say that okay you i can understand why AEW wouldn't want on their show hangman or omega versus that right but you never know yeah well that was our main event and i but i intentionally didn't mention this one match because it's the match that i'm looking forward to most on hard to kill and that's ethan page versus the karate man uh, i think this is a, a creative outlet for mr ethan page i think it's going to be a, i don't know how long it's going to go but i think it's going to be fun for whatever we see it's supposed to be his swans swan song right like his ability to say goodbye and so it, it's a creative way for them to let him because he knows he's not gonna be able to do this in any other promotion that he signs with right so like AEW even would be like, that's a little too crazy for us to have you face yourself. But now in this day and age, we're lucky because of the cinematic matches, this is possible, right? Like imagine how bad this would have been back in the late or early nineties. If they tried to pull off a wrestler yeah. facing himself, right? Undertaker versus Undertaker. Yeah, I know they did Undertaker versus Undertaker, but it wasn't Undertaker versus Undertaker. It was Undertaker versus I can't remember who it was. Brian Adams, crush. It was Brian Adams. Okay, yeah. I see. I, I couldn't remember exactly which one he has played and which one he hasn't played. Brian Adams has played what eighty different characters. <laughs> um. Well, so who do you have, Karate Man or Ethan Page? Um. I honestly, uh, creatively, you want to probably have Karate Man win just to yeah. write off Ethan Page. Like he's Ethan Page has been eliminated. Right yeah. now, that explains he's gone. Right. So, like, the full this whole thing has been the downfall of Ethan Page, and what better way to cap off the downfall is losing to your alter ego? Right, right. Well, there you go. That's hard to kill. That's this weekend. Um, so, should be a should be a fun night of impacts. Like I said, they do four pay per views a year. Um, this is a, this should be a good one. So, um, it is Wednesday. We talked about Dynamite on the show yesterday. Went through the whole lineup. Um, Coming up tonight, we also have MLW, which I which I have affectionately referred to as the Dynamite and NXT kickoff show. It starts at 7 o'clock on YouTube. Selena Deli Renta is the executive producer for tonight's episode uh, of MLW Fusion. Ross and Marshall Von Erich will be defending the team championships against Los Parks uh, with Tom Lawler as the special referee. We have the debut of Mil Mortez. 
Low-key will be in action. And uh, Selena has a surprise for Conan. Jeff Johnson, these are all names that you know, even though even though you're not uh, regularly watching MLW. It's just the low-key name, because I was big into Ring of Honor when it first started. Like, So I still have some of the old-school DVDs. Actually, I have some of the old-school VHS of the first few shows of uh, Ring of Honor. That's how old Ring of Honor is and how old I am. But it was low-key, obviously, anyone that knows the early days of Ring of Honor was Ring of Honor, right? So right. it's just the fact that it's 2021 and Loki still going. And I, I've seen a bit of like, I did try to watch MLW. And so because one for Loki, cause I'm a big fan of him and triple X back in TNA days, yeah. but uh, he's just, I like that gimmick. I like his Hitman style gimmick uh, where he's got this uh, wrestles with the tie and this like basically the full suit. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of MLW. Just not my thing. Like, I, I don't disrespect it the same way as ECW back in the day. I was never a big ECW guy just because it's the style I'm not a big fan of. But I respect the fact that it was good and had great stories. I just, it's not, I just recognize it's one of those shows that's just not for me. Yep. Yeah, and I think it's fine. I think there's a lot of shows like that. Um, in fact, uh, WWE main roster is like that for a lot of people. And AEW is also like that for a lot of people. Yeah. But one thing I, you know, if nothing else, I like to think that people could put on MLW while they're like, you know, making dinner before dynamite type of thing. <laughs> uh, if, not, if nothing else, you know, you can absorb some of it, you know, that way. But uh, NXT tonight, we have the start of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. We have two matches. The Grizzled Young Veterans are facing uh, Canada's own Everrise. And Brizongo, another Canadian there, facing yeah. Undisputed Era. Uh, Jeff Johnson, who do you think takes the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic? And why, why and how do the things win? Uh, well, remember, we have the Sings. Jeez. The Sings are going to be lucky if they get a win on Friday night. Uh, I'm assuming they're going to be one of the teams that are wrestling on uh, 205 Live's Dusty Rhodes Classic. But uh, you got to also remember, we got to specify now after last week, the men's Dusty Tag Team Classic, right? Because right. there is going to be the women's now. But I honestly think they're going to go with the runners up from last year. I think Grizzled Young Veterans are about to be pushed. They were almost pushed last year, right? They were doing so well. They got a huge uh, push during that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not taking my shoes off. I like Zach Gibson, all right? Uh, I think the, these two are, they wanted to be pushed last time, but the pandemic kind of halted that. So now it's time to basically start it back up again. And these two, I think nothing better than winning the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Era, Undisputed Era gained nothing from it. Brizongo are not in that position where they're being pushed. They don't need to do it. Uh, Ever rise, uh, I'm not even gonna give that Period. a second thought. <laughs> like, like I think we all know Ever rise is not even gonna win on tomorrow night or tonight. It's tonight, yes, yeah, tonight. tonight. Yeah. So Ever rise, like grizzled young veterans. Right now, they're my pick. I'm a big fan of them. Like I said, so I really would like to see them win. We don't even know all the teams yet. Like they haven't really uh, revealed every single team. Like I'm, I think it's gonna be a 16 team tournament from how they're just naming off teams. It seems that way. They did a post on uh, on the network, or not, on the WWE.com, uh, and listed 12 teams. Well, 12 teams doesn't make a tournament. So there's got to be four other teams that they're that they're not mentioning because you need 16. Um, my circle all agrees with you. Grizzled Young Veterans seem to be the heavy favorites, which makes me feel like they might not win. But, but uh, you know, that's, that's where everybody's kind of 
their loyalties are lying right now with the Grizzly Young veterans. So I agree with you. I think GYV tonight, and also I think Undisputed Era is probably going to upset Brazongo. Um, yeah, I don't know where they're going with that one, right? Like, it depends on what they're doing with Era. Like, obviously, Era probably should get the win there, but it really it all depends on what the story is. Like, it's Roderick and Adam Cole, right? So they have an excuse. They're not a real team. So if they're going to keep Era together, they win. If right. the idea is that they're slowly building for them to pull apart, then they lose. Yeah, or if Oni and Danny interfere or something because they haven't done that. Yeah. Up. There's, there's all those kind of things. Yeah, um, that's possible too, yeah. It would be it, it would make an interesting story if uh, Undisputed Era falls out in the opening round, though. Yeah, it gets really starts with the downfall. That's why I said if it's where they're going, yes. If they're not going that way, then I don't see them losing the match. They're not going to lose in the first round, but definitely Era's not winning this at all. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Okay, well we have uh, a little bit of news to get into. So let's uh, let's play my bumper here for the news. That bumper really pumps you up for the news, doesn't it? It's like that TK money spilling into the show now. Right? <laughs> you think that I have like this big reveal, uh, <laughs> but a couple of news news items to, to get through here before we do trivia. But Monday Night Raw drew 1.82 million viewers down to from 2.1 last week. Uh, the NCAA championship football game did over 18 million viewers. So that's just numbers is what it is. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 24 is back on the WWE Network. It took a short hiatus while they uh, edited uh, Mayweather's entrance music. Um, fans can go live on Thunderdome-style screens with this week's episode of NXT. Uh, the footage used up to this point has all been recycled from Ron SmackDown. So, uh, but starting tonight, you can do the Thunderdome-style attendance of NXT. Unless you're Kenny Omega. Yeah, no, not if you're Kenny Omega. <laughs> or if you have like a setup like me behind me. Can't yeah, no, none of that, no. <laughs> um, PW Insider reported legitimacy to Kofi Kingston's jaw injury. Just thought people should know that there is an injury he's working through. Don't know the severity, though. Uh, Dave Meltzer reporting that at least four WWE wrestlers currently have or are recovering from COVID-19, including Drew McIntyre, um, most of them from SmackDown. And New Japan Pro Wrestling announces the 2021 New Japan Cup will start March 5th and will run through March 21st. That tournament had to uh, sit idle until the end of the pandemic last year, so they got a late start. It's usually the biggest – it's a single elimination tournament. New Japan usually does round robin with G1 and World Tag League and Best of Super Juniors. So they, you know, so that they're really uh, push the round robin style tournaments, but this is their big single elimination tournament of the year. So uh, last year won by Evil, and he went on to become a WGP heavyweight champion. I'm sorry. Anytime I hear evil, all I can think of is the Kai and Tai t-shirts. <laughs> well, Dick Togo is, you know, he's he's wrapped up with evil now, so it makes sense. I know. It's just all I see. Whenever I hear evil, I just want to be like, indeed. <laughs> well, you know, what's, you know what's funny is that uh, Taka Michinoku is technically still under contract with New Japan, last I knew. Um, yeah, at least he was featured on their website, as the, on their list of wrestlers. He used to accompany Zack Sabre Jr. to ringside, uh, which, you know, that would be fun with Dick Togo looming around now. So, 
we'll see if uh, Taka ever makes a makes a return. When was the last time he was on? Do you even remember? I, I think it's been two Eight. years. Two years. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. He had an injury and went out, and then I think there was a scandal that New Japan didn't like that oh, they. Okay. I mean, I think it was a light light scandal by our standards. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but like he forgot to wash his feet or something. Uh, he, I I think he cheated on his wife. Or oh, something. well, that's bad. <laughs> I, rumors. These are not. This is yeah, yeah. Oh, we're talking about here, but <laughs> we're treading into I think and I don't know quite type of uh, territory. Okay, so it's trivia time. Your trivia today is TNA Lockdown 2011. How does that make you feel? I can't. I've watched lockdowns. I can't. That's around the Hogan Bishop era, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, that could be Bully Ray and Aces and Eights, or that might be the year after. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see if the, the okay. card holds itself to you as we go through the go through the questions here. Let me All right. play the bumper. Okay, Max Buck, that's Max Matt Jackson, won an escape match in the opening contest. He defeated Amazing Red, Brian Kendrick, Chris Saban, Jay Lethal, Jeremy Buck, that's Nick Jackson, Robbie E., that's Robert Stone, and Suicide. The rules of this match required competitors to be eliminated by pinfall or submission until the final two wrestlers were in the ring. At that point, the winner could only win by escaping the cage. Max Buck won. Who was the last person in the ring with him? Oh, man. Because I don't remember them being in an escape match. Uh... Your choices were Amazing Red, Brian Kendrick, Chris Saban, Jay Lethal, Jeremy Buck, Robbie E., or Suicide. Thinking about it at that time, and oh, it wouldn't be Robbie E. I maybe suicide. It was Brian Kendrick. It was Brian Kendrick. See, I had a feeling it was Kendrick because I knew he was getting that push with the shaman white outfit that he had going on, but I just couldn't remember him getting a win against those guys. Robbie yeah. E was the last uh, pin, actually. See, that's who I th I was thinking Robbie E too, because I know he was huge in the bromance at the time. They were really high on him, so because that was right around the time he got on the Amazing Race too. Right, right. So you're zero for one. I forgot to explain the rules, by the way. You get five oh. questions, and a simple majority will get you a W. And if you win, you get the Goldberg Oscar Award. And if you lose, you get a Hawkins. So you're zero for one. You got four more questions. Hawkins, baby. <laughs> Madison Rain would lose the Knockouts Championship at Lockdown 2011. Who did she lose it to? I don't have multiple choice here because I don't yeah. know the Knockouts at the time. Uh, 2011 Madison Rain. She didn't beat Gail Kim. Oh, what was her name? I cannot even remember her name anymore. If it's who I think it was. Uh, oh, maybe. Was it Taryn Terrell? No, Mickey James. It was Mickey James. I don't even remember her being Knockouts champion. That's a really nice. short match. It was a uh, Knockouts championship versus hair match. Oh, okay. That's probably why. It was it, back. That's right. Bischoff Hogan era when it was so many different little gimmicks added on to each match. Yeah. Matt Morgan got a victory on Lockdown 2011. And who did he beat? I'll give you multiple choice. Was it okay. A, Hernandez, B, Samoa Joe, C, Sting, D, Jeff Jarrett, or E, Bully Ray? Go with Samoa Joe. 
Hernandez. It was Hernandez. Because it was they were in a team, if I'm not mistaken, at one point, Morgan and Hernandez. And I wasn't sure about whether this was before or after that, because I remember he also feuded with Samoa Joe. And that's why I they were trying to build him up as fighting fighting big man at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why it's I knew it, there was a couple in that there was no way it was like Jeff Jarrett definitely it was. Well, you know, this was tough for me. I had actually, uh, I, I had uh, asked a few questions around to find out. Uh, I was not a big TNA guy at the time. So I was like, Hey, give me the, give me a good show from, you know, this era. And this was the show that was suggested to me. So I had to go watch it. Well, if it's the one I remember, it's only remembered for the main event. Right. And so if it is that show, then I'm pretty sure that's the main event. And that's the only thing I actually remember from the show. Well, we're going to get to the main event here in a second. So okay. <laughs> Stink successfully defended the TNA championship against two men, Rob Van Dam and Mr. Anderson. Who took the pin? Was it Anderson or Van Dam? Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Hogan came to the ringside area, and he handed a steel pipe to Van Dam. Mr. Anderson would end up using the pipe on RVD, Switch. but Sting gave Anderson a scorpion death drop for the pinfall. Yeah. Okay. So this was the year before. Uh, I think this was the year before Aces and Eights. Then, right. The Aces and Eights one was the title match between Jeff Hardy and Bully Ray. Right. So uh, the main event was Fortune versus the Immortals. Okay. Fortune consisting of Christopher Daniels, James Storm, and Kazarian, and Robert Roode defeated the, immor- the Immortal. <laughs> immortal. The team of Abyss, Bully Ray, Matt Hardy. And this man who lost to Robert Roode via submission was it Scott Steiner, Jeff Jarrett, Ric Flair, or Kurt Angle? You want to say them one more time again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, I kind of stumbled. Yeah. So, Fortune, the team of Christopher Daniels, James just uh, the other the choices. Sorry, that's how yeah. you got to repeat. Yep. Yeah, so, they uh, they defeated Fortune, defeated Immortal, which was the team of Abyss, Bully Ray, Matt Hardy, and this man who lost to Robert Roode via submission was it A. Scott Steiner. B, Jeff Jarrett, C, Ric Flair, or D, Kurt Angle? It was Jeff Jarrett. The answer was Ric Flair. Ric Flair? I didn't even think he was in that match. Oh, my God. Because I thought Jarrett was the one that took the was in the representing the team there. Oh, my God. Jeff Jarrett was in a match with Kurt Angle earlier in the evening for... Oh, that was... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, when they were doing their feud. Okay. See, that 2011 was a weird time because that's just when they were trying to hit their stride with immortal because immortal was dead before Aces and eights came out so that was when they're like they kind of did a reset at that point where they're like okay what we're doing wasn't working let's try something else and that's but when they got the idea behind bully ray becoming aces and eights yeah well unfortunately that means you got hawkins well you're i know you're a hawkins guy though so that's okay <laughs> let me play the That's You're like old school Atari sound effects there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for today. Our show is going to return tomorrow with John Smith. Uh, Jeff Johnson, why don't you tell everybody where they can uh, learn more about what you do on the internet? Uh, well, you can always go to facebook.com slash wrestling sound off. That's where I put most of our sound offs. A sound off is basically my live thoughts while I watch a show written out in a text form. That way people don't have to listen to one of many podcasts that they can do. But I do recommend listening to this podcast every day. Be sure to do that. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, I 
also do a thing, as you mentioned before, Wrestling Purgatory. I've done episode one or season one, depending on how you want to call it, uh, which was eight or nine parts. They're available up on the Facebook page as well. If you want to participate with me when I do my live tweets, uh, which become the sound off, I do that while I watch every, uh, mostly at eight o'clock most nights, which is Jeff, uh, twitter.com slash uh, Jeff Johnson underscore WS. Uh, and Instagram you can get to from my Facebook as well. All right. Very good. Uh, for Jeff Johnson, I'm Ryan Joy. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening, or doing, or consuming the show in any way that you do.